The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast. If you have your Bibles this morning, Ephesians chapter number 2, we're going to look... That's something that everyone in this room can benefit from. And you'll notice, if you would, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The word walk is used six times in the book of Ephesians. But I want you to notice one other word attached to the word walk. And all of us can look at this word and and maybe this morning when you leave, you can say, I can do that by the Lord's help. And you'll understand what this passage means to the Lord. Notice if you would, chapter four, verse one. I therefore, as Paul from prison is writing, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you. I'm pleading with you. I'm asking you, I'm begging you that you would, here it is, walk worthy. Now notice he says, of the vocation wherewith you're called. First off, to walk with the Lord is one of the reasons God made us. Adam and Eve originally walked with the Lord in the cool of the evening. And his intent was that you would have access to him, as we discussed yesterday, every day of your life, and you and I would walk with the Lord, and our relationship would be sweet and close, and we could ask things of him, and he would do it for us, and he would ask things of us, and we would do anything he asked. Now, the word worthy, a root word, is the word axios. It's to carry weight. Now, Some of your roommates don't carry weight with you. Maybe because of something they did or something they don't do. Maybe they don't hang up their clothes right or or whatever. And so they don't carry much weight with you when they say, clean up your room. Because they don't. And maybe sometimes um, you've got some, some people around you, family members, and they don't carry much weight with you because You don't have a lot of respect for them. Well, this word, the Lord says, I want you to walk worthy according to what I've called you to do, and I want you to carry weight. Everybody in this room has a calling from God. And he wants you to take it so seriously that you want to carry weight with the Lord because of how you do your job. I'm just sitting here thinking as uh, the lane was up here speaking about Israel. And how many of you heard of the Iron Dome? The Iron Dome. How many of you know what the Iron Dome is? Well, if you watch on television, you'll see rockets go up in the air and then you'll see an explosion. And uh, uh, about uh, four years ago, I had a man come to our church. And uh, as I normally do, I try to go out and visit with him or uh, take him out to lunch. And we sit down together. And I won't give you his name or anything about him. 
but he began to tell me, he said, yes, he, uh, uh, as I began to ask his background, he said, I was a Navy SEAL and my father was a Navy SEAL and, and, and in the military, I decided to go and get my PhD and I got my PhD and, uh, and something I couldn't even pronounce. And he said, um, I and my team, we built the Iron Dome for Israel. I said, really? He said, for their protection. And I began to think about what if this man, godly man, had not done his job well enough to carry weight with Israel that they would say, we can trust what this man did. It will protect us. And so as you watch those rockets go up and see the splash, you'll notice somebody spent time and effort and what God called them to do to protect Israel. I said, wow. He says, it's very humbling that, you know, God would use me to help Israel. Maybe you and I don't have such a large job. But I remember when my first wife was dying and she was in the hospital for 77 days, I saw 44 different doctors and most of them did not carry much weight with me because I didn't respect the way they treated my wife or the lack of compassion that they had. But there were some that, oh, if, if I could get Dr. So-and-so to come back, please. And, and they carry weight with me. They're valuable to me. They care. Their walk is worth something to me, but not just to me. If you have your Bible, take your Bible and turn, if you would, to Colossians. Very quickly, chapter 2. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, if you would. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 10. Now follow with me. We're talking about the word worthy, walking worthy. Notice verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. So your walk is to be worthy of your vocation. And so if you've been an engineer, be the best engineer you can be for Christ. Honor him. Carry weight with other people around you. If you're going to be a doctor, be a compassionate, loving doctor. Walk worthy. If you're going to be a nurse, walk worthy. If you're going to be a police officer, Walk worthy. We need worthy police officers. If you're going to be a professor, walk worthy. Worthy of what God has called you to do because it's important enough to him to say, will you do this for me? But walk worthy of the Savior that caused you to do it. He needs you. Now, as you'll notice, very quickly, I want you to see three times the word walk is used in Ephesians. And it'll help us to understand a little bit about worthiness. Notice, if you would, Ephesians chapter uh, 5, if you would, look at verse 1. Ephesians 5, 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. So he says, I want you to walk, and if you're going to walk worthy with me, you've got to, be a, you've got to have a loving walk. I mean... Uh, you're going to have to uh, love people that don't love you. You're going to have to be good to students that, that don't want to be here. 
Somehow you've got to work with them as a professor and try to get them to want to do the will of God. Some of you, your parents sent you here because you didn't want to be here and you, you've got your own plans. And, and the Lord says, I want you to walk worthy of my calling for you. Will you do that for me? And so these professors, they're calling us to help you get there. Whether you want to be there or not, that's a tough job. But if you and I say, I want to walk in the love of God, I want to walk in and love my, uh, my, my classmates and my roommates, I, I want to walk in love, all of a sudden you begin to carry weight with the Lord. And if you're sweet and pleasant and kind in your walk, you begin to carry weight with everybody around you. Now you can be grumpy and <clears throat> how many of you, let me ask this question, how many of you uh, your impression that young people are more grumpy than older people. Now, I'm in the latter section, the older people, and um, when I go into, I have a, a, a retirement home that we have some folks in our church there, so I go there a couple times a month and, and do a Bible study, and, and we sing and everything, and, and uh, some of those people that come in there, I, I, I mean, man, they are grumpy. And I, I just look at them and I try to go by and encourage them a little bit. They don't want to be encouraged. And so in my flesh, I say, well, fooey on you. Anybody ever done that? And then this verse jumps out of me. Walk in love. Walk worthy of what I've called you to do. So then I try to sit down or, or kneel down with them and say, hey, look, uh, something I can pray with you about today and watch them kind of light up. You care about me. I have to work at walking in love. Because it's easier to be grumpy, complain about everything, say everything wrong. But the Lord says, I want you to walk in love. I want you to walk worthy of me. I am love, God says. I loved you before you ever loved me. The definition of love is Jesus Christ. And so if you and I are going to walk in his image, then we've got to walk in the love of God. Now, notice if you would, uh, the second thing that we do, notice in verse number, verse number eight, this is Ephesians 5, 8. For you were sometimes darkness, that was before you got saved, but now you are light in the Lord. Now watch this, walk as children of light. Now, we can't do that of our own. So notice in verse number nine, he says, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So he says, look, I want you to walk in light. I want you to yield yourselves to my spirit and he will bring out goodness in you. He will bring out righteousness in you. Remember, we don't produce fruit. The Holy Spirit does. But if you don't plant yourself in the word of God and you don't plant yourself near the Lord, you're not gonna bring forth much fruit. Just like a light that's unplugged doesn't give any light. You and I plug ourselves into the Holy Spirit and we begin to walk with the Lord and all of a sudden our worthiness begins to rise. And the older we get and the longer we walk with him, our worthiness keeps rising until one day the Lord says like uh, Enoch, you know, I, I, I need you home. You're worth more to me here than you are there. Come on home. Worthiness 
is of great value to the Lord. It means you carry weight with him. And so he says, look, I want you to be light. Now, you might say, well, how do I become light? Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, if you would. We're going to look at a few passages. Matthew chapter 5, and notice, if you would, verse number 16. It's a famous verse, but I don't know that we connect the dots sometimes. Notice, if you would, verse number 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So our good works are our light. You're a sweetness to somebody. You're forgiving someone that doesn't deserve it. It's light. The Lord Jesus told them, if someone demands you to go one mile, you go two. Reference back to the Jewish men that when a Roman soldier came in and had his luggage or something and put it down, he'd look at the nearest Jewish guy and say, carry that for me. You have to carry it up to one mile. So the Jews, being very exacting and not very loving, picked that suitcase up and count it. One, two, three, four, five thousand two hundred and seventy-nine, eighty, and drop it down. And he said, oh, oh, don't, don't do that. Walk worthy. Can I carry it another mile for you? And carry it on. You'll have weight with him and with that soldier. And he might listen, even want to talk to you about, why did you do that? And you can share with him by your good works the gospel and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, that's why we're here. We were created unto good works. Now, notice good works are for a purpose. Look, if you have your Bible, turn to Titus chapter 3. Notice with me, would now we know there are light. Your good works are the way you light the world. They're the way people see Jesus in you. Well, notice if you would, Titus chapter 3, and notice verse number 8. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 8. You'll notice, he says, and this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto who? Unto men. So when you and I pick up that bag and go the extra mile, which everybody's heard that term, go the extra mile. That extra mile is good works and it brings glory to God and it is profitable for man and say, why did you do that? How can you forgive that guy after what he's done to you? You and I learn to go the extra mile because, Lord, I want to be worthy in your sight. And the Holy Spirit says, I'll help you. You can't do it on your own, but I'll strengthen you and I'll guide you and I'll bring out goodness. I will bring forth goodness as fruit in your life. If you'll yield to me and let me help you do good works. So I've met some doctors and I've met some nurses that were wonderful. I remember one, I don't know why I remember his name. I don't remember names well. 
I can remember numbers. If they gave me a social security number, I could remember that, but I can't remember his name. And so his name was Syed. And every time we'd go to the hospital, my wife, and they were going to draw blood, I'd say, Syed here. Uh, yeah. What do you want him for? I said, we'd like for him to draw the blood. Oh, yeah. He's good at that. And so Syed would come in and say, hi, Mrs. Pittman, how are you doing? It was almost like he would just relax her. And he'd get that big old long needle out. It wasn't that long, but it was to me. And he'd take that needle out and he would, he would thump on her, on her, on her uh, arm there a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. And she was a terrible stick. They would have to get that Doppler thing out and go up and down her arm and try to find it. And she would just cry and, 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 and it was heart-wrenching to me. So to have somebody that had good works and, a, uh, and their vocation was important to them and the guy wasn't saved, but he was good at his job, what would it have been like if he would have given the Lord the credit for what he was doing? But he didn't know how to do that. And so here I'm looking for a whole room full of students. And if I am God and I want to shine light in the world, where am I going to go? And I'm going to go to my public high school. It was about as big as this, but we had thousands of students, but there was no light there. I'm going to come here and say, will you and you and you, will you walk worthy? I paid a lot for you. Because I love you. Would you, walk worth, would you walk in love? Will you walk in light? Will you let your good works bring me glory? And would you let them be profitable? The word profitable there is, they got it from lengthening. It's what the word is. And so it would be an old, an old smith would take his hammer and he would hammer a piece of metal and it would get longer and longer and longer. Profitable. And he said, God's looking for some metal that he can pound and make you longer where people can say, I want to be like that. The Lord's looking for light makers. And he created you and I to make light. That your good works would point people to him. And secondarily to us and say, you know, one thing about light makers, it gives people hope. If he can do it, I can do it. Now, let, let me give you an example. How many of you heard, and I don't know his name, so I'm not trying to embarrass him, but the guy that played the piano this morning, he was playing the piano. How many of you heard him playing the piano? Anybody notice? I noticed because he had a great haircut. I noticed that. And I went over and I, I said, hey man, I like your haircut. And he was looking at me while playing. I don't like that. He's too good. And so he was playing away, and, and uh, uh, we, our church just bought a piano just like that, and, and uh, just watching him playing it and having a good time. And I came over here and sat down. When I was in high school, I took five years of piano and organ. But every time I heard a ball bounce, I listened. And I said, that's what I want to do. But one of the first times in 50 years, I heard him playing that piano with a life that I said, man, I sat over here and I sat right there and said, I'd like to do that. Can you teach old men to play the piano, Lord? 
I had the thought, I'd like to go back and gain those piano skills. Why? Light. Some of you have a light for engineering. Some of you have a light for preaching. Some of you are going to be a light around the world as a missionary. God has called you a vocation. He said, walk worthy of the vocation that I've called you at and walk worthy of me. Do you realize the privilege you have? Notice very quickly the last walk. Look with me if you would. In Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse number 15. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Look at verse 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, circumspectly, it's a cool word. It means that you and I would walk. Well, the root word's the word acrobat. You know what we get back from? An acrobat. And I'll give you the example I think of when I think of an acrobat. Nick Walinda was walking across 10 years ago the, the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon. And the wind was blowing 30, 40 miles an hour. And he, like a nut, is on a little wire walking across so that he can just say, I did it. But he is the example. So here we are, like this is the line right here. He was walking across that thing like this. And a couple of times he kneeled down to catch his balance again. And then he rose back up and he kept going a quarter of a mile. He said, my arms were burning. My legs were burning. He said, I had total focus trying to keep that, my feet on that wire. And my, I had elk skin shoes that would kind of work through the, the, the dust that would get on the wire. And I was working it across. He said, I was just trying. And the Lord Jesus said, will you walk like that for me? David didn't. He fell to Bathsheba. Samson didn't, he fell to Delilah. Saul didn't, he fell to jealousy. Gideon almost didn't, he was fearful. But the Lord Jesus says, if you will walk circumspectly, I will help you. My Holy Spirit will give you power to walk exactly the way you should. Now, it will be exhausting. But over a period of time, I watched Nick Willinda on that 10 years ago. He got to the last 50 feet. And he started running. I said, that guy's crazy. You know what happened? He had concentrated so much. By the end, walking circumspectly is pretty easy. You won't have to worry about pornography if you walk carefully for 20 years. You won't have to walk, 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 watch your words if you'll carefully watch your words for 20 years. Over a period of time, now you always have to be on the lookout. Always. You know why? 1 Peter 5, 8. The old devil's after you. He's after every one of you in this room to turn off your light to take away your love, 
to take away your circumspection so that you're not careful of how you walk. Lord, am I doing okay? Lord, am I pleasing you? You'll notice if you would, take your Bible and turn. Look back to Ephesians chapter number five and notice what he says in verse number 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. The word acceptable, you, you arrest us, is not just you're doing what he wants. It, it's got a prefix on the front of it, you. You're trying to do more than he wants. You're trying to well please him. So I want to be careful of the advertisements I see on my cell phone or my computer, because nobody knows but my Lord. But I can't carry weight with him if I don't watch everywhere. Because I know Satan is after me. I know he's after you. I know he's after these people. And you and I have to be vigilant because the old devil is after you. I went on a safari in Africa a few years ago and my guide was a great guide. And, and uh, last year he got killed because he was walking uncarefully, had his rifle with him, came around some trees and all of a sudden a Cape Buffalo came out and charged him, one of the most dangerous Af African animals and killed him. 20 years, he was a guy but he got lax. Be careful. The devil is after you. Walk in love. Walk in light. Walk circumspectly. Lord, am I pleasing you? I, I want to be careful the words I use. Lord, I want to be careful. Bring into thought every, bring into captivity every thought the obedience of Christ. Are you trying to well please the Lord? Walk worthy. You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.